Hey, this is actress Carissa Lee Staples, and you're listening to the O Brother Podcast. Welcome to the Oprah the Pup. What? <laughs> I didn't even wow. get it out. Uh, why? Three, two, one. Welcome to the Oprah the Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Smith. Alongside me, as always, my brother from the same mother, Mike Smith. How's it going, Dan? Should've, maybe I should have said my, now, hermano. Hermano from? My amigo from the, anyways, from the same La, I La Madre. So I, I don't know. Yeah, I was, I was muy mal. So it was bad. It was muy mal for me. Mine so we not we bueno. So welcome back to the O Brother Podcast. It is uh, September 24th when you're hearing this episode, and uh, we are going to do a review of the recently released film Cry Macho, which is, of course, Clint Eastwood. And it seems like just saw this uh, trailer and I was getting all hyped up, you know, to see it. Anytime I see Clint in a cowboy hat, I get excited, you know, mm. so. But before he, we get into that, he whole, shoots really fast, you know? Yes, that's right. You've mentioned that on the show before. But before we dive into that, for those of you that are not currently following us, make sure that you do it. The easiest way to find all things O Brothers to go out to our official website, which is OHB as in brother podcast.com. That's OHBpodcast.com. And you can get access to everything O Brother out there, all of our social media goings on. You get access to our blog that we publish out there uh, and subscribe to our YouTube channel and like our videos out there. We'd appreciate it if you support us on YouTube. And uh, if you like what we're putting out, make sure you tell our friends. You can find us on all podcast platforms. We're everywhere, folks. And don't I, forget. I, I want to emphasize. I'm getting to it. I'm getting okay. to it. The socks. No, I, think, I know. You want to no, talk about the socks. No, no. Don't, for, don't forget the Old Brother Shop, which is... Uh, uh, Mike's favorite thing to hawk when we when we get on air. What, what was it you going to say? I, I want to emphasize the YouTube channel because it's such a different experience. You know, even me, I always watch it every week because well, I don't know what's coming. It's a totally different medium. It's so a different it show. Be. Yeah. I mean, it really is different. Some stuff that gets edited out for the podcast is in the video but it's the stuff you add in the video that makes it really fun to watch. Yeah, it's a, it's a uh, it's a much more raw uh, edition of the episode. So I, I tend to do a lot less editing when it comes to the YouTube channel. But yeah, check us out on uh, on YouTube. We've we've got a companion episode out there for every single uh, one that we do. So and, and last week we did Jaws. We did, and, yeah. And uh, the the YouTube or the well, I guess the podcast graphic too is I am the girl See, swimming. Why I knew you were gonna just let the people figure this out. For the, I'm, I'm editing this. I'm editing this. You're so transparent sometimes. You're so predictable. Folks, okay. We're gonna give kudos to Andrea Benham. I, I hate when you sidetrack me like this. Okay, so Andrea Benham, who does all of our artwork for our YouTube channel. Does a great job. And she, you know, and I never know what she's going to do. I say, hey, here's the lineup coming up. And and she just does her magic and she comes up with something fun. And so for the Jaws episode, she uh, worked Mike into 
<laughs> the very famous scene in the beginning where you know the, the the naked woman is in the is in the ocean you know swimming around and so mike uh, had fun with that he's like hey i got a hot bod you know and, <laughs> and i just knew you've been talking about this for two days i said oh my god like here we go. I just, that's one of the things I like. It's know? a good excuse to give Andrea some props. So, yeah. so I should say, you know, we're, we kind of, speaking of the Jaws episode, we kicked off Halloween Fest for this year with that, but we're going to, you know, we're going to weave in and out of Halloween Fest with a couple of other films and Cry Macho being one of those. So the little I read about this, I know that it was based on a novel of the same name from, 1975, which is the year the film starts off in, is uh, it actually it's 79, I think, is when it starts, is when the film starts, because then it says a year later and it's 1980. Right, so, right. Uh, but it's interesting you mentioned Jaws because one of the, iter- this is another one of those, you go back and you see there's, this has been in the works for years and years and years in different forms and different people were attached to the project. By Macho. Yeah. And one of the people that, and they were ready to go with this in 1991, they were going to roll this version out with Roy Scheider. Wow. And then it, it, it got canceled. The production got canceled. So uh, Schwarzenegger was, was attached to it at one point. And then his, he had a little bit of a snafu in the media and his marriage went South. And so that didn't go right. So it was a couple of things like that. And, And I think Clint was attached to it early on at one point, but he opted out to do Deadpool. And wow. that he shows su- you how old it is. Right. And uh, he suggested Robert Mitchum, wow. which would have been, that would have been a, a wild version yeah. at that time. So, but anyways, we, so we get Clint uh, who is directing and producing, not writing. In fact, the screenplay is by Nick Shank. And N. Richard Nash, who was the the novelist for Cry Macho. So, anyways, you know, at first when I saw the trailer, I thought, again, Clint in a cowboy hat. Oh, this is like the follow up to Unforgiven or something. And but clearly, this was going to take a little bit of a different turn, and made me think of uh, what was it, uh, Bronco Billy? What was the name of the? What was yeah. the name of that? Was it Bronco Billy? Yeah, where yeah. he was a rodeo star back then yes. too. Yes. Yeah. So do you want to real quick, just set us up with the synopsis and then we can yeah. just, we can give our take on it. Basically, uh, Clint Eastwood was a rodeo star in yeah. his past and he, he broke his back and, uh, while he was a rodeo star and the guy he worked for that owned the, what do you call it? The ranch, I guess, mm-hmm. kept him on and, and he kept working for him. But it, it the movie starts off with Clint coming to work late, and it's Dwight Yoakam. Is that his name? Yeah, who's a really good actor. Well, I, we I mentioned really, him when we mentioned we Sling did. Blade not that yeah. long ago, yeah. and he's a good actor. He is a good actor. He's very he's natural, really comfortable, very natural. Yeah, but you know, Clint's coming in late, and Dwight Yoakam says, "You're late." He's he's fed up. He's serving his papers. Yeah. And he fires him. Right. And he says, you know, get lost. And then it kind of cuts to a year later. We don't know what's been going on. And Clint comes home and there's Dwight Yoakam in his house. And he says, his name's Mike, right? Mike Milo, is it? Yeah. Is it Milo or Milo? 
Milo, Milo. M-I-L-O. Yeah. Yeah. He says, Mike, you got to do me a favor. My son is in Mexico and his mother's mistreating him. He's in a bad situation. He's around Mm. bad people. I need you to go to Mexico and bring him home to me. Right. Right. And Clint is like, you know, get a call the police, get a bounty hunter. And he says, we can't do that. There's legal reasons. Can't do it. Mm-hmm. And he says, you owe me, you know, you owe me, Mike, you owe me. And Clint has this look of, you know, I do owe him something. And even though he fired him in the, in the scene before, but this is a year later. So right. Clint goes into Mexico to find his son. Yep. And the hijinks began. Right. And then the rest of the film is he he does find his son. Spoiler alert, folks. Yeah. He finds his son. Anybody who's seen the trailer knows that. Yeah. And he's the son is, you know, kind of underground a little bit. He's mixed up in the cockfighting. And so he's got this rooster name that he's named Macho yeah. because he's strong and he can, you know, he, he's a he's a fighter and a winner. And and so hence the the title. So. The film opens, and this this came out September seventeenth, and it was just under two hours. So it's like kind of like just about yeah one forty three was the was it one forty three time yeah yeah, and Raphael, who you mentioned, the, the young boys uh, played by Eduardo Minette, had not you know was not familiar with him. The opening, just you know th- that kind of get along little doggy music that's playing. I think Will Bannister is the name of the artist that's singing that song in the beginning and in, in the end. Mm-hmm. Something about find a place home or find whatever it is. Uh, I, I thought as soon as it opened, I said, "Oh, Dad would have loved this opening." You know, I was like, "Yeah, real country, real cowboy." And some of the, again, it's Clint directing, so you got yeah, it's it's sort of a, a, a no brainer that you're going to love what you see visually. Mm-hmm. And you know, I thought it was aptly titled "Cry Macho" because I wanted to shed a few tears uh, as the film went on, <laughs> because I just was really let down by this film. Yeah, it, it and I've seen some of the, the the critics' reviews, and it's basically it's such a beautifully directed film. You know, the landscape is really wonderful to to view, and but the story is so thin. Yeah, it's lacking so much substance, and it feels for me very often contrived. Yeah, is how it felt. I just kept coming back to that that word in my mind, and I was just like, kind of shaking my head a little bit, and it never recovered for me. That's just kind of how it remained. Now there are a couple of very poignant scenes. Mm-hmm. One in particular by Clint that takes place in a church, right? Yeah. When he and the boy are kind of holed out in this church. If, one if, of one of the finest performances, and it's fairly brief, but it's one of the right. finest performances by him you'll ever see. It was yeah. really something to see. If he could have captured that emotion throughout right. the film, it would have really been something. And I, I think have that, not read the novel. I'm not no. familiar with it. I don't really know the the base story, but I liked it more than you. I thought it, but I I really hinge on recommending it. I recommend it only to Clint fans. Well, now here's the thing, right. And here's the thing. And even then I would caution you because 
I went to the theater to see it. I know. I could have stayed in the comfort of my home and watched it on HBO Max. Like me. Right. But I chose, which I was thinking about, you know, what the experience, how different that might have been seeing it. And, and I will say I watched maybe the first 10 minutes here at home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I had a little something to compare it to when I was in, and, and, you know, it clearly is to see that imagery yes, and those locations in New Mexico directed by Clint. It's definitely nice to see that on the big screen, but there is some great shots. I'm glad, you mm-hmm. know, cause it is well-directed. There's Very no question. Well. I think what one of the problems for me with the film was the male actor, the young kid who played Eduardo Minette. Yeah. He just, you know, there was one scene where he's talking to Clint and it's like a, it's like supposed to be a heartbreaking scene and he's supposed to sob and it's just really not, again, not well acted. Contrived. It just really forced and his whole performance was stiff. I agree. And, and, and then there was, you know, as they're trying to make their way to the United States, it was very Batman circa 19, you know, whatever the television series where like foiled again, there was this one right. character that keeps popping up throughout the film. And all of a sudden it's a, it's an attack rooster that gets them out of trouble. I, I just, I didn't buy any of that. Yeah. And I, ha- and I think, you know, one of the things I guess you should say the film is about one of the themes, maybe more indirectly, I don't know if you'll agree with this is, you know, as you're getting on in years and coming to terms with what that means, and you can't help but watch Clint on film at his age in cowboy gear and not have some sort of emotions over that. You know, this is a guy who this pale rider, this is the outlaw Josie Wales for me. This he was my John Wayne, you know, where right. for you, you probably grew up more on the searchers and you know the John John Ford films with John Wayne. And yeah. I, I know obviously you were, you know, a huge Clint fan too, but yeah. So I, that I was think- that was almost difficult, not in a negative way against the film. It was just I'm I'm like, is this one of the last times I'm right. gonna see Clinton in front of the camera? I think for anyone watching that has to go through your mind because he's pretty frail. This Mm -hmm. is the most frail we've ever seen Clint on screen. And we're just not used to that. And they try to cover it up a couple of times with bad body doubles. It just wasn't believable to see him riding this horse, like like a (laughs) Bronco buck in his nineties, you know? Right. And yeah, there was times I was kind of sad. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like this just isn't the same Clint. He, he was still getting the woman in the end. He was still right, right. And um, then that was sweet and 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 very sentimental. And uh, you know, like I said, there were a couple of poignant scenes. But so I think if you, you, you know, you you put it well, you, it can't help but go through your mind as you're watching that. So I don't know if that influenced or impacted my overall you know, assessment of the film. I, I, but I agree with you, like the young kid, I just mm, yeah. didn't quite hit for me. But then when it was over, I was able to forgive some of the stuff because we're dealing with a 90 year old man right. and we're dealing with a young kid. He shouldn't be a smooth actor. That's not what he is. He's a young sure. you know, Mexican kid that 
you know, is in all sorts of trouble and needs to be rescued. There were some questionable things with the story, especially the way it ended. It ended without resolving some things. And that bothered me. But I was kind of able to forgive most of it at the end because there's really not a Clint Eastwood movie, whether he's in it or not, that I don't like. Well, what was it that you, you know, what are the takeaways with this besides the directing that that you like? Well, you picked up the best scene in, in the film. And there's another scene where he does a monologue that's in the trailer. It shouldn't be in the trailer mm-hmm. when he's talking about what macho is. And that was a pretty poignant sequence, too. If yeah. you listen to what he said, that, you know, it's a small monologue, but it's pretty significant about being tough and being macho. And, you know, that's not really what it is. That's not what life's about or screw those people. I, I kind of take it for what it is. This guy is in his 90s. It's amazing he's able to direct. There was one sequence where their car breaks down and they have to walk. And I don't know if this caught you, but there's a shot from behind. He shows the two of them walking with the rooster, which was amazingly well-trained because the rooster just seemed to be you know, scripted, almost like it was animatronic. So they're walking down the street and he, he cuts and they're way ahead. Yes. But, you know, to show that distance. And I, I thought to myself, did they really walk or did he just say, cut, let's move ahead, get in the car. And yeah, yeah I, exactly. I think I, I wanted to do that today. I don't know if you can tell, but I, I, I look like, like a cherry tomato. I, I, yeah, you are red. I walked 10 miles today. Wow. And I probably ran a few of those miles, but yeah, I was out, you know, it was mostly cloud cover. Yeah. And then I get that's home. The worst in uh, Florida, that's the worst time you get burned. Yeah. I get home and I was like, oh my God, you know, it, it creeps up on you before you know it. You're you, you it just starting to hurt. No, no. It's, you know, I put some aloe on it. It's not, it's not that bad, but you could, you can see that, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's seen it on your pretty, neck. It's pretty red, but I felt like I was thinking of Cry Macho because they, they did a lot of traveling. And I, I was like, felt like I was trying to head to the United States today with a 10 mile walk. But yeah, it was, um, <laughs> I thought of that too. That is pretty funny though. There was a nice, it was a nice shot that you're yes. describing in the yes. film. But, and again, there's, there's no, I have no issues. I could go on and on about the directing. There's so many wonderful scenes. Uh, and and yeah. again, the landscape was, it's a great, you know, right. great place to shoot. And there's like if you've ever been to Mexico, they're being followed by the federales. And there's one scene where they have to lose them. Mm-hmm. And when you're out in the desert, you, you don't just lose, you know, cops by yeah. taking a quick turn down. You know, it's just not it's not believable. But in that same instance, there's some great shots. He, he finds this rock on a hill and sets the camera there. And shows them coming around the curve. It's a really good shot. But I I would say, I think a Clint Eastwood fan will like this. It's very slow paced. Don't don't expect to be seeing, you know, an Unforgiven or Josie Wales or anything like that. It's very slow moving. You mentioned earlier that, you know, his career went south when he broke his back. And there was a really nice shot in the beginning of the film 
it's kind of a, a, a tracking shot inside his home and you're seeing different memorabilia on the wall. So it's establishing the fact that he's a rodeo champion. Yes. And, and, and then even it gets, video of him. Well, well, no, it gets to this one framed picture on the wall, which is him on a bull. Yes. Or I guess it was a horse. Yeah, it was a horse. Yeah, a horse. And Bronco uh, 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 kind of thing. Yeah, right. Exactly. And as it's panning across to that, all of a sudden it starts to uh, push in on it. Yeah. And then, it, then, as you said, it comes to life. Yes. That was really cool. All of a sudden you're in the picture and that was pretty nice. I thought that was a good way to establish the fact that, oh, because you see the whoever it was on that horse really took a fall off that horse. Oh, and, yeah. You know, probably There's did no question that back. was real. Oh, yeah. For sure. And, and probably, yeah, footage from when somebody got hurt. So stuff like that. There, there was a lot of, at the very, very beginning, like I'm talking within the first two minutes, he's in his old Chevy pickup truck driving to the ranch. And you see, you know, there's a nice tight shot of his hand, you know, working the gear shift mm-hmm. on the floor of the, uh, the, the truck. And and then it it cuts right after that, right to like his keys swinging in the ignition and it was seemed like it was one of those like I was supposed to pick up on mm. the what I don't know I was like was that a bottle opener I couldn't figure it out if you see the movie you'll know what I'm talking about but mm. this is kind of an irrelevant point there but again just the beauty of the directing whether it was the little details or the way he shoots that vast landscape which is just yeah. awesome you know? I, I'm hoping this isn't the last time we'll see him. I hope not. You've got a what his whole collection behind you. Looks I've like. got everything, literally everything he's ever written, directed. And I'm sorry, but we're it's the man with no name. That's what we're going with. Yeah, not, not going with this what other was, ridiculous what was the trivia. The it was like the fistful of dollars trilogy or something. Yeah, the dollars stuff. trilogy. The dollars trilogy. No never heard it called that heard until called that it. until a trivia episode. And you never will again. And yeah. I. And I have, and that's my video pick for the week, by the way, is Good to Bad and Ugly. ugly. This is the 4K extended cut. It's about 20 minutes longer. And if you don't have 4K, you can get this special edition from KL Studios. They put out some really good Clint stuff. They've gone and remastered almost all of his movies, like Play Misty for Me and, uh, you know, Joe Kidd and... I think I mules for sister Sarah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, They've, they've gone through and remastered and put extras on -hmm. all those Blu-rays. So they do a nice job, but uh, you know what they don't do a nice job on is in this film. Why is it that they still can't get the Photoshop down? They just, there's a couple of shots. uh, One, maybe in that scene I was describing where they're showing the different pictures on his wall yeah. And it's him as a young guy. And I'm like, okay, clearly that was him from Rawhide. And they just yeah. took his head and yeah. he did it with the kid and Dwight Yoakam. It yes. was a picture of the two of them. And it's just, it looks so silly. It's always like they're in this real bright light in their face. Yes. <laughs> Never. We can't master that. And the killer is Scott Eastwood looks so much like him younger. Get a picture of him. Right. And use it. Yeah, it just be wilted. They can't, they can't I, figure that out. 
I want to see those two in a movie. Andrea together. did a better job with you as the I woman know, the, and I'm wearing <laughs> 3D <laughs> glasses. So. Yeah, 3D goggles for goggles. you know swimming. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm not recommending it. I, I would say okay, watch it on HBO Max, but with right. the with the disclaimers that you mentioned, where it's slow paced. Right. This isn't know what you're rider. going in for. If you no. if you accept what you're going in for, if you if you're if you've read the novel and you're a fan of the novel, by all means go see it. And if you're a really big Clint fan, because I don't think you'll be disappointed in the directing, mm-hmm. but no, it's a stiff, it's a stiff performance by the kid. And Clint's 93. Yeah. And they, they were making attempts uh, at humor in the yeah. scenes with the two of them. And that to me often fell flat too. It didn't quite, yeah. it didn't quite work, you know, maybe once or twice, there once was a or couple twice of, yeah. of, of Clint's typical, you know, snide remarks, or, mm-hmm. but there were, there was other times that it seemed like they were trying to make a point. Like there's, there's a scene, they stop at a cafe and they go in to have a drink and yeah. Clint says the kid orders a bottle of tequila and Clint says, you're not drinking tequila here. And he made it, you know, he, he or the kid orders an orange crush and Clint gets a beer and he says, I got to go out and make a phone call. And then Clint looks in the window and he sees the kid guzzle his beer. And then he comes back and I thought there was going to be a point there made. I know. But he just. He didn't say anything. Just ignored it. Right. Took a swig of his own drink. Yeah. Why show that? Right. That's what I I mean. There was a couple of those shots where it's like, I think I'm supposed to take something away from that. Yeah. I I don't understand. I have to take a quick side, a a little detour here because I, I saw my phone light up. Yeah. And so I'm multitasking and I see it's a, it's a text from a friend of mine. Yeah. And he says, I have to say this because we're in Halloween fest. So this is relevant. So I'm going to thank him later for uh, making a nice addition to the episode, which I think, am I, do you have a bunch of horror stuff up there in the, in the, behind you? Or is that? No. Okay. Yeah. Mostly all Clint stuff. You notice it's a little difficult to see, but I got a couple of my Funko pops behind me. Yeah. I don't have this setup like I used to at the moment, but Mike got me this awesome, like tin photo of Michael Myers from Halloween that I propped up back there. If you can make it out, I just realize how small it is. It's well, I'll put a shot of it in in the video, and you'll 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 see it right here. It'll pop up right here in the video. Okay, uh, but that's super sweet. But anyways, he says he says want an absolutely bonkers movie to watch. I saw Malignant last night, and wow. <laughs> It's wild. Yeah, I was going to suggest it too. No, now you didn't watch it, did you? Mm -mm. Yeah, you just hit. Yeah. So, yeah, if you, I think, okay, if, as you said, take it for what it is, go into it, you not expect, again, this is not, this is not Clinton Unforgiven. This is not any of these behind me. It's none of those. That's none of those. It's something entirely different, which on that level, I appreciate, right? He's, he is delivering something different and he's playing to his age. Correct. So I, th- I think that that is a good point. If you've to make. seen Gran Torino, you know, a little bit of what to expect, although you kids get off my lawn. Yeah. I, I, you yeah. know, I like that more. He was more, you know, that was kind of a, a racist kind of, uh, yes. you know, grouchy Clint. Well, you, since you made 
a recommendation already with the good, bad, and the ugly. I guess I'll stay with that and we'll just keep it in the same vein. And, and I would say, you know, for me, as awesome as Unforgiven is, right, won the Oscar and Hail Rider is up there for me too. I always go back to the outlaw Josie Wales. It's one of my favorite Clint Westerns. And, you know, there's some of the poignant scenes, the emotion that he can deliver. Mm-hmm. Clint is more than capable of that. And he does that in, in Josie Wales, you know, because mm-hmm. if you know the, the story of that film and sort of what happens in the, the first chunk of that movie, it's it's a pretty intense Mm-hmm. Uh, sequence of events that happens. And uh, so the acting in that from him is is wonderful as well. But so I'd say the outlaw Josie Wales give a good couple of good Clint Western. Yeah. Now what's in the box, the Clint box guy for those that like, what did that set you back? The uh, 4k? No, the Clint box behind you. Oh, for those that, that are, not, are listening, it and was not like watching. 30. Well, these are DVDs. So there's about, I think there's about 37 of them in there. Really? Yeah. And it was like 30 bucks. It's not, it's not expensive. Wow. You could find it online and eBay. Yeah. Really cheap, brand new. And what are the images that we see there on the Fox? There is, you know, like him from Unforgiven. Okay. It, it's different eras. One's like from Kelly's Heroes. Kelly's Heroes. That's what I want. Yeah. Right. With the with the army helmet or whatever. Yeah. And then th- this is a Blu-ray box. That's Clint. nice. And then a few dollars more. Joe Kid, the trilogy. Man Where's Josie Wales? I don't have it up, I don't think. Isn't that something? The yeah. one I mentioned, you don't have it. I grabbed all Westerns too. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice. Again, the High Plains Drifters up there. Oh, there's another good one. Just yeah. to see him, you know, don that gear again, even if it's of a of a washed up rodeo star, was still, you know, again, you can't help but connect with your youth. Yeah. You know, and come to terms with where you are now in your life and your mortality. True. True. You know, I think that's it goes hand in hand. Watching it, I don't know if you saw this on HBO. I don't know if you flipped through to see that they have some extras, like some for this. Not for this, but okay. it's like Clint, you know, recaps of his career. And it's amazing to see him as Dirty Harry, so young, jumping off the bridge onto the bus. Mm-hmm. And such a good looking dude. I mean, you have to say that he's like the perfect proportions. He doesn't work out, and the guy's in the best shape possible. Oh, man. And just so great. like, and and he's his kid Scott looks just like him, you know. Mm-hmm. I keep waiting for him to pop up and and carve a path for himself, but he hasn't quite got there. Yet. Well, who wants to walk in in that shadow? I mean, yeah, it's, it's true, boring, and, you know? and it's it's tough because you see him and you're like, hey, it's Clint. It's young Clint. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's true. It really is true. Well, all right. So this is a mixed bag here, folks, for Cry Macho. But look, I was. I'm grateful to have more Clint. Yeah. Uh, it was to say that I, in 2021, I was able to go to the theater and see a film starring Clint Eastwood. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. So I'm going to take that for what it is, like you said earlier, but I'm not recommending that you go out and, and, and spend your money at the theater to see this one, but it's a good take if you want to catch it on HBO Max. Yeah. And, and 
I looked at the, like last time when I was looking at the theater to see how many people were in it, mm-hmm. that was kind of my decision on when to go. <laughs> when <I laughs> That's right. You the, told me this. I looked at the nine o'clock clincher. There was one seat taken. That was it. Yes. So that guy probably got a private screening. Yeah. And my theater was very quiet too. I yeah. just, it was me and there was nobody around me really at all. So, and, and I don't know if, you know, word got out or people just weren't interested. I don't think there was a big budget to the movie. And I don't I think, think it was like was, maybe 16 million. Yeah. And there wasn't a big advertising but look budget at, this, at all. Look at this, uh, this headline from uh, CNN. Yeah. Uh, Cry Macho is a weak addition to Clint Eastwood's 50 year filmography. See, I, mean, I can't see it and take it with a grain yeah. of salt, you know. And you know what I mean? We we vowed never to pander to anyone. And and right. I was thinking about that when we were going to sit down and talk about this, because I like Clint so much. Am I going to give him a pass if I don't like it? Right. But I won't go that far to say I didn't like it because there's enough in it for me to say, hey, if you're a Clint fan, I recommend it. If not, skip it. Yeah, no, that's fair. And I think and that's it, fair. I think it's good to present both sides of it in this particular case, especially with someone like Clint, who it's usually like, it's a foregone conclusion. Like, I'm going right. to like whatever he's dishing out, you know, so. He's one of those few guys you go to the theater and you know you're going to like the movie. Right. You know right. it. Yeah, so, again, we've talked about those those that are bankable. You know, it's money, money yeah, in the bank with that's Clint. That's rare. Yeah, and you're right. We won't pander. Um, we would recommend you see the film Fat Man by the Nelms Brothers. Uh, that's a great <laughs> film. Again, don't, we don't pander here on the Old Brother no, Podcast. <laughs> no, we won't. We won't pander. Anything no. else to say about Cry Macho before we no, uh, wrap this No, I think we covered, we covered it. Okay, and the, well, there you that go. That one scene... It's almost worth the price of admission. That and it's just up. it's just too short. So good. It's just too short, but it really was striking. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all right. There you go. Uh, it's going to do it for another episode of the Yo Brother podcast. I've been your host, Dan Smith. Alongside me, as always, my amigo from the same mother, Mike Smith. And we will see you next time. Buenos tardes, everyone. Six shots or only five. Now, to tell you the truth, I forgot myself and all this excitement. But being this is a 44 Magnum, the most powerful handgun in the world, and will blow your head clean off, you could ask yourself a question Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? <laughs> Hi everyone, this is Cindy Busby and you're listening to the O oh Brother Podcast.